Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Wednesday, June 22nd, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. And Hoynesy, today we are talking about the first place Cleveland Guardians. Uh, we were actually saying that on a podcast, opening <laughs> up with the first place Cleveland Guardians. They are uh, in a tie with the Twins atop the American League Central Division standings. Uh, percentage points ahead, actually, and, and in first place. Uh, but as as far back as the middle of May, they were seven and a half games back. And, and here we are. They've clawed all the way back to, to the top of the division standings. Yeah, just a great run, Joe. And it's been highlighted by this road trip. Uh, six and one on this trip. Sweep, you know, at Denver. Take two out of three against uh, the Dodgers. And they've come in here uh, to Target Field and won the opener last night of a three-game series. And uh, they have won 17 of their last 22 games, Joe. They are rolling. Yeah, it's crazy. All they have to do is win one of the last two games in Minnesota, and and they could uh, the least they could come home with is a nine and uh, a seven and two road trip. Uh, and I don't think anybody saw that coming. I don't think uh, anybody figured that. And 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 the result of it is, uh, you know, some some big games coming up for them uh, again and continuing in this stretch. Uh, last night they did it uh in in come from behind fashion again and they got some some help from some unusual uh or unexpected i guess uh places uh guys that weren't even on the roster yesterday yeah three the three guys that came on you know with the, uh, i guess i should say the two guys aaron savali uh you know pitches five solid innings seven strikeouts gives up a couple runs then a uh, framel reyes Kind of looked a lot like the Fran Mill Reyes uh, we saw before he went on the injured list. What four strikeouts, but he did hit a huge home run in the eighth inning, a two-run homer uh, that that tied uh, that tied the score back at five-five after you know uh, Eli Morgan had given up a three-run dong and uh, to put the Twins back at, in top. And uh, so uh, we're we're uh, you know and. Uh, <laughs> Who else did I miss? Uh, yeah, we got a Fran Mill and Savali. Uh, Jose Ramirez was back in the lineup. Um, and, and Andres Jimenez delivered in uh, the 11th inning with uh, the, the go-ahead run and an RBI single. Yeah, and uh, he continues continues to pound a baseball with runners in scoring position and late in games. He went into uh, last night's game hitting 407 with runners in scoring position. 317 with 16 RBIs from the sixth inning on. You know, this is a dangerous man uh, when you get, uh, when the game is on the line from the sixth inning on. And, and when he sees runners on base, uh, I don't know if, if if the approach is changing at all, but whatever he's doing is, is, is highly effective. Uh, and he continues to drive the ball and, and sort of, uh, you know, find that power as well. 
Uh, you know, we saw two base hits last night, but uh, everything seems to indicate that this is a, a young man who's uh, really figured it out at the plate, and uh, he, he has real value there. Uh, we'll get into uh, the all-star debate uh, later on uh, as, as we, you know, as that's going to be a focus of the second half of this podcast. But uh, as far as last night goes, uh, there was nobody else you would want up at the plate in that position uh, late in the game. Yeah, and, uh, you know, Frank Cohen said something interesting at, in the post game. You know, he said uh, that uh, Andres tends to uh, swing at high fastballs, uh, you know, during, you know, the early part of the game. But but when it gets late, you know, he lays off the fastball, the high fastball, and, and he, you know, he just makes solid contact. He's And he's not trying to hit the ball four miles. You know, that, that uh, the game-winning hit, what proved to be the game-winning hit last night was kind of a bloop single to uh, – to short center field, but, you know, he got the job done, scored the automatic runner and, uh, you know, gave them a, uh, what a, a six to five lead in, in the 11th inning. And, you know, that, I mean, I, you know, that scares me when you're the visiting team and you only score one, you know, and, uh, but, you know, they got Emmanuel class a in there and, uh, target field was just a little too big for, uh, Miranda, the last pinch hitter that, you know, slammed uh, Quan against the left field wall there. Yeah, that, uh, you know, once you handed it over to Class A, you, you've given yourself at least a chance to 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 close that out there with the one run lead, uh, even with the runner at, at second base, uh, you know, Class A was able to get the strikeout and the long fly ball uh, out for the for the end of the game. But what what was really interesting, uh, you know, to me was just the way that they they sort of, you know, used six bullpen arms in that game. They pieced it together after Class A, uh, you know, or after uh, Savali came out of the game. And uh, Eli Morgan, you know, we, we're not used to seeing uh, the, the home run given up and the, the runs given up early. But uh, Trevor Steffen came in and you know, he did, he went, he mowed through basically the heart of Minnesota's order. The, the three, four, five hitters uh, struck them all out after a walk. Yeah. He was nails last night, Joe, uh, you know, and uh, you know, Francona was saying, you know, we're seeing these guys grow up, you know, right in front of our eyes after the game, he said, uh, you know, you know, Stefan was, you know, pitching really kind of, they were, they, he was wrapped in, he had kid gloves on him last year as a rule five guy. Uh, same with Henkes, you know, these are guys that were pitching in the fifth, sixth and seventh, in, you know, seventh inning. Now, you know, with, with the game on the line, uh, Stefan, what in 12 pitches strikes out Correa, Ke uh, Kepler and, and uh, Sanchez and, uh, you know, does it what with two, two sinkers, I mean, two uh, f uh, splitters and maybe a, a, a fastball, I think, but three swinging strikes and he, he just looked dominant out there. And yeah. That's not the guy we saw, you know, like a, a week or so ago. Well, it was, it was a stretch of the, the early season. Trevor Steffen was like that. And then uh, for about a month there, he was off in the, the almost the whole month of May. Uh, he, he just seemed to be a little bit off. And then, uh, you know, now he's, he's sort of maybe pieced things together back, uh, you know, found that fastball command, uh, been able to get him, get into a position where he can use the split uh, finger fastball and, and, and really just be effective with it. Uh, I, I, I really liked that effort. I really liked uh, Sam Hentges effort. Uh, like you said, both of those guys, you know, growing up fast and, 
uh, you know, even uh, Angel De Los Santos coming in and, and sort of, you know, working out of a jam with uh, after Savali left the game, all all uh, all good, positive signs. Uh, you know, just the number of relievers might be a little concerning for the rest of this season, uh, series. But, uh, you know, there's there's guys that can now go back to back if they have to. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, they proved that, uh, I think, in that, you know, we saw that from Class A, you know, in Denver, three straight saves, day off. Uh, then he got the, you know, the save in uh, in, in Sunday in, in L.A. Now he gets, you know, another day off and uh, gets a save tonight. He's saved, you know, what, five, four? I'm trying to think. There's six and one. I think he saved five of the six wins mm-hmm. on this trip. He's just been, you know, he's been lights out. You know, Hankis was saying after the game, you know, I, I asked him, why are you guys six and two in, in extra innings this year? And he, and he said, it all has to do with class A. He goes, when you got a guy like that, that that's going to slam the door, you're, you're really, really confident. And, you know, on this trip, Joe, they, they're three and oh in extra innings. Yeah, that's uh, it's impressive. And you look at the other records of some of the teams they've played. Uh, they're, they're not as good as, as the Guardians have been in an extra inning game so far. Uh, offensively, uh, we got a new look in the lineup. We had Stephen Kwan uh, batting in the leadoff spot. Miles Straw dropped to the number nine spot. And Kwan comes through with a four hit game. Yeah, Kwan looked, uh, you know, <laughs> I, I wonder why they, you know, I was, I was kind of, uh, I, I didn't think Tito would make a change. You know, I thought he, you know, just really kind of rides his veteran guys. Well, I mean, the guys he, you know, he, he that he wants to be in, in the, in the lineup in their position. But uh, I think, uh, you know, Straw just needed a break. You know, he, he was really, he's really been struggling and, you know, June hasn't gotten any better than May and uh, you know, after his hot start in April. So they made the switch and Quan had a you know big game. Uh, you know, Straw continued to struggle in the number nine hole, but he can play center field. He's still playing center field. He hasn't let that his batting average bother his defense. But Quan's an exciting guy, Joe. Well, I you know it. He, we're kind of riding a roller coaster with some of these young guys. You know, we saw Quan what win American League Rookie of the Year in in April. Then you know fade in May, and he's uh, you know he's come back in in June and. Looks like, uh, you know, he looks like he's going to be a, a player here. Yeah, uh, you know, he still made rookie mistakes. He still got picked off on a, 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 a after a, a hit. He was at first base and got, got picked off there. But, uh, you know, you, you can live with that if he's still being productive. And even if the outs are productive, you'll you'll live with whatever Stephen Kwan is is able to do uh, at, you know, to try and set the table for guys like Ahmed Rosario and and Jose Ramirez. Uh, straw that's they're going to give him time to work through what what he's he's doing because again Tito loves what he does in center field uh it, it, when the bat catches up to everything else in his game uh things will be all right I, I think I, I you know it, but the message was sent earlier in the day when uh they they had to find a spot for Framil Reyes and rather than sending Richie Palacios down uh they you know, they DFA'd Oscar Mercado and Mercado's a guy that's, you know, been with the club, uh, you know, for what, three years parts now, four years, four yeah, years. parts of four seasons. So uh, the message is clear. If you're a veteran, if you're one of those sort of between guys and, and 4A veteran guys who's not producing, they're going to give kids a chance to to come in and show themselves and, and show what they can do uh, because 
you know, this season is about learning what these kids can do. Yeah, I mean, what we've seen with Bobby Bradley, Zimmer, Chang, Logan Allen, those guys are gone. I mean, Allen, Bobby Bradley is playing in AAA, and uh, Mercado might be too if if you know if he if they can't trade him. But I, I think Mercado's he'll get traded. Uh, there's a lot of teams looking for outfielders. I think they'll be able to move Mercado. Uh, but yeah, Joe, that's a that's a wake up call. This is you know they're going young. And uh, they gave some of these, you know, kind of older veteran guys a shot, a chance to, uh, you know, see what they could do. And when they didn't, you know, there's people pushing them from behind and uh, you, you either produce or you're gone, kind of. Yeah. And, and, and you and I were talking and, you know, looking around the roster, who, who might be the next sort of veteran guy in line to, to, to possibly lose a spot if a, a young guy is pushing to get up here. Uh, it, it, there really aren't too many spots to look at uh, that where else they can, you know, cut a veteran guy. Uh, I think you need to keep Austin hedges for that, that stability with the pitching staff uh, maybe for a little while, but, but that's about it everywhere else. It's, it's young, younger and youngest. Yeah. Maybe Rosario, but I think right. uh, they like Rosario, but I, he could be a trade chip at the deadline. Yeah. That's, that's the only thing is I don't think they cut Rosario like they have Chang and, and Bradley and, and Mercado, I think they they try to flip him and, and maybe get something for him, uh, but maybe not even necessarily something on the 40 man roster, maybe maybe some sort of prospect, uh, it, although that'd be hard. Anybody, any anybody that a, a team would be w- willing to trade in order to acquire Med Rosario would probably be somebody you'd have to put on the 40 man roster, you know, a prospect close to being uh, uh, a, a guy who, who needs to be you know protected in that way. Yeah, that's a good point. And Rosario has been productive. He's had a, you know, great June. Um, he's, he's hit well on his trip, played good defense. Uh, you know, they need, I don't know if they can go off so, so young that they're, you know, they got to have, have their IDs checked. Before I was going to say, I was going to say somebody has to be able to show a driver's license to get them all into the bars. Right. I mean, yeah. so, so uh, yeah, Med Rosario might have to stay on the roster, uh, but that's good. Uh, Ahmed Rosario is, is, has played well. He's, 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 you know, provided some punch at the top of the lineup, but he's not an all-star. Uh, but we, we know who the all-stars right now on this team are. We know Shane Bieber is an all-star. We know Jose Ramirez is an all-star. Uh, the first round of results of the, the online balloting for the all-star uh, um, uh, game in uh, Los Angeles, uh, July 19th, was released yesterday after we recorded our podcast and Jose Ramirez as expected is in position to at least make the next round of, of voting. You know, remember that they do it in two rounds. Uh, They do a preliminary round where they take the top three at each position and then they vote again. They sort of reset the ballot and you, you vote for only one of those three players to start in the game. Uh, I think there's no question that Ramirez uh, and, and Bieber will, will be at the, the all-star game. Uh, I think the the other guys that are potential guys to get on that roster are Andres Jimenez and Emmanuel Classe. Um, Jimenez is number three right now in all-star voting. Uh, let's start with Jose Ramirez and his competition there at third base. Uh, Rafael Devers, he trails Devers by 16,000 votes right now. Uh, both of them have uh, upwards of 720 some thousand votes uh, a piece. 
that's a, a race that will probably, uh, you know, go down to the last day to see how close it'll be. But right now, Devers is in front. And and right now, actually, if you're if you're looking at it and being honest, uh, if you look at the numbers, purely the numbers, uh, Devers is ahead in a lot of categories. Yeah, definitely. Uh, good player, great hitter. Um, I don't know if he's the defender, uh, Jose is, but, uh, you know, but I, does, does Dever, Devers mean more to the Red Sox and Ramirez mean to, uh, to uh, the Guardians? That's, well, that's, and I don't know if that goes into all-star voting the way fans think, but I, when you look at it like that, you know, it, it's, I think, I think you have to favor Jose. Right. Well, it's it's two things. It's the fan voting. It's a popularity contest. And if you're looking at Cleveland versus Boston, Boston fans are going to vote for their guy more than, you know, there's there's just more Boston fans than there are Cleveland fans. That's it's just a fact of the way it is. Uh, you can overwhelm that by having a charismatic guy like Jose Ramirez, who's, you know, uh, you, sort of embraced by national media and and maybe that earns you a closer vote but i still think the sheer number of things is going to give boston an advantage there uh what it's not is and, and and to your point what you said is there more value for ramirez uh to cleveland than devers to boston that's that's the debate that we're having with jose ramirez versus aaron judge you know that's yeah. the that's the mvp um debate and that's a separate debate from the all-star who is the best third baseman in the american league right now is the debate we should be having on this don't look at mvp how much he's he means to his team and the qualifications for your vote your your bbwaa vote for the end of the season that that goes that will go between you know either ramirez or judge uh i think right now you have to look at the sheer numbers of the players who are playing third base in the american league and right now Rafael Devers leads in uh, war. He's got the most hits in the league. He's he's actually more productive at the plate than Jose Ramirez. Now, you could also argue the other side of it, that Jose Ramirez doesn't get pitched to as much as Rafael Devers does because of what is around Jose Ramirez in their lineup. But uh, I'm I'm comfortable right now with the first round of voting indicating that Devers is ahead right now. If we get another week into this and Jose keeps producing and keeps hitting and, 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 you know, winning games for Cleveland, I think the votes should be a little closer, but I'm, I'm all right with, as long as he's in the top three, moving on to the next round that way. Yeah, Joe, I think that's a good point. And I think another point we got to consider is, you know, the, uh, Cleveland has played so fewer home games than anybody, you know, and I think that's, you know, fans come out at home, that's where, you know, they can vote at the, at the ballpark. And I know they can vote online and, you know, uh, I was going to say, that's a, that's an argument for the, uh, for the, yeah, that's a long time was, ago, isn't it? It was the paper ballots that they, yeah. could, uh, <laughs> that they could take, but uh, we haven't voted that way in, uh, in several years. Hoinzy. that's uh, I'm behind the times, <laughs> but, but you're right. But exposure is, is one thing that, that, that's another thing is, you know, if they're in the park, they, they get bombarded with the messages on the scoreboard. Hey, pick up your phone and vote now. 
Yeah, because at Dodger Stadium, it was relentless. <laughs> I mean, uh, all they did was uh, every every ad, every pregame, uh, you know, they had the the, the, the pregame uh, DJs on there, and that's all they did was talk about the All-Star game and, and you know, getting as many Dodgers on their team as, as possible and, you know, spurring the fans on to vote. Well, the game is there at uh, at Dodger Stadium, yeah. so that's probably one of the reasons as well. Uh, but if that's the case, then what must they be doing at Rogers Center? Because there's, you know, four uh, Blue Jays players in position to at least make the next round of voting. Uh, and that that sort of leads us into the next debate here is uh, Andres Jimenez. Is he doing enough uh, to, to warrant serious consideration for an all-star appearance uh, even if he doesn't make it as the the guy who gets voted in, you know Altuve is going to get his share of votes. And as as sick as that makes some people feel because of the the the, the cheating allegations, and you know you know it's easy to be a, an all star when you know what pitches are coming. Uh, I I think and, and and don't tell me that that should go away because that's never going to go away for me. I I'm sorry, <laughs> but it's never going to go away for me. Uh, and if if you're telling me that uh, Jose Altuve is a given, he's going to win that uh, that that top spot. Fine, whatever. Uh, they need to have more than one second baseman on that All Star roster. And if your debate right now is between uh, Andres Jimenez and Santiago Espinal, uh, who's the the second baseman for uh, Toronto, I, I think Andres Jimenez really, and we've already talked about it uh, on this podcast. I think he's got a really good case for making that uh, that roster. Yeah, Espinal isn't like a household name, you know. So, uh, and either is uh, you know Jimenez, but Jimenez is having a, a great year. You know, when you really look at his stats, you know, he's kind of come out of nowhere basically. And uh, you know, sometimes those guys, you know, have, it takes them a year or so to get to get in front of the public eye and to uh, you know kind of make a case for themselves. But he's doing that right now, and that you know, and and with. Uh, and with the all-star games, there's so many ways to get in, you know, injured players, you know, if, even if you don't make the, you know, the team, you aren't voted in, you know, you, you can, uh, you know, you can, if you, if you receive votes, you know, you, if your peers have voted for you, you know, depending on how you, you know, you stack up in that, in that vote, you can get in. So I think, yeah, I think you're right, Joe. I think Jimenez still has a chance. I don't know if it's a real good chance, but I think he's got a chance to get in there. Well, let's go pure numbers from a purely statistical standpoint. Santiago Espinal batting 268, Andres Jimenez 305. Uh, on base percentage 321 for Santiago Espinal, 344 for uh, uh, Andres Jimenez. And uh, the OPS uh, 727 for Santiago Espinal, 841 wow. for uh, Jimenez. Jimenez has more home runs, seven to five, uh, more RBIs, 33 to 31, and more stolen bases, five to three. Uh, across the board, uh, up front, just purely on those numbers, uh, you would think Andres Jimenez uh, gets the nod in terms of if he's not going to be the starter, then he should definitely be there in uniform. Uh, it, and And just then you go to the next level of, you know, this is a kid who's batting 418 with runners in scoring position and late and close. He's he's the last guy that an opponent wants to see step to the plate with runners on base. So uh, I, I definitely think 
that that's uh, the debate just ended right there as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, and he, he plays to the situation, Joe, I think. You know, he plays to the scoreboard. You know, we've seen that time and time again. Even last night, you know, with his, you know, go-ahead go ahead single, he gets that, then he steals second base, you know. And, I mean, he he's constantly putting himself in position either to, uh, you know, drive in a run or, or become that run that, that gets driven in. So, you know, he's, uh, he's a head, he's a smart player. I think he's a little, you know, he's, he's really, he's, he, he understands the game and uh, he, we've seen that time and time again. And plus on defense, he's, you know, he's really, really good at second base and that's probably not his best position. Right. Uh, just really quickly to wrap up uh, Emmanuel Classe. Uh, room for him as a closer if he continues on the trajectory that he's been on? I think there's no doubt about it. I think he's an open and shut case. Uh, love the, what he's been doing. I think uh, he's he's pitching like he, he he's when he comes into the ninth inning or the last inning with the lead, he looks like he knows the game is over. Now, we've talked about this before. He's not striking everybody out like last year. The strikeout totals aren't there, but he's, but he's you know, inducing contact. He's throwing 101 miles an hour mm-hmm. and, you know, and Stephen Kwan caught that ball last night. So that keeps him in the running. There you go. Uh, what did you think of uh, Johan uh, Duran, the the 24 year old who came out and, and was hitting hundred on the gun for uh, Minnesota last night? Oh my God. I was just thinking, this is like a, an arms race between the, uh, between the twins and, and the guardians. Okay. You got to, you got a guy that throws a hundred. We got a guy that throws a hundred and two, you know, they're just going to go back and forth for, for the rest of uh, our lives. We're just, they're just going to, it's just going to escalate. All right. Hoinsey uh, game two of the series uh, continues tonight uh, from target field. We got Tristan McKenzie on the mound. You'll have Angel Hernandez behind the plate. Uh, should be a, should be a fun one. Yeah, I think Angel had one of the games earlier, maybe in, in, at Dodger Stadium. I mm-hmm. think there was no the civil war did not break out, so I guess we're hopefully the, things remain calm tonight as well. Yeah, okay. <laughs> he, uh, I, I, I looked up at the. I, I was like, is Angel Hernandez at first base last night? And I was like, yeah, because he got one of his calls overturned. The pickoff uh, at, at first base got overturned uh, late in the game, but. But then you realize, oh, yeah, he's going to be behind the plate after he's at first, uh, you know, in the, in the first game. So wh- how do they they follow? He followed him from L.A. to to Minnesota. I don't understand how that works. Yeah, the same crew is here. So. Oh, my goodness. All right. Uh, Hoinsey, we'll talk to you again tomorrow after uh, game two of the series here on the All right, Baseball Joe. Talk take, Podcast. Take care, buddy. 